0: Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast, the Culture Edit Reloaded. I'm Sandra Patel, founder and CEO of Transition Partners. This season, I'm flying solo as I sit down with international leaders to discuss their leadership journeys and how they have embedded a thriving and positive culture. welcome back to Let's Talk Leadership podcast, the Culture Edit. My name is Sandra. I'm I'm CEO and founder of Transition Partners, and I'm absolutely delighted today to be here recording with Tom and Sweat, both our CEO and co-founder from The Dot Collective. How are you both doing today?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Excited to be here.
0: Good, good, Thank fantastic. We've all been we've all been looking forward to this one for a while, and it's it's rare that I have two guest speakers um, on this podcast. So I'm really excited to have you both on today, um, particularly given your um, background. So first of all, um, it'd be really great for our it'd be great for our listeners and our viewers to just give a little bit of a, a you know a bit of background, a bit of context. Um, What's really interesting to share is um, because we have quite a lot of aspirational leaders listening and and watching the podcast as well. To just to really share how you both started out, started your career off within the industry, and how you both got to where you are today. And I'll I'll let you two decide who goes first on that one. (laughs) Okay. All
1: right. Okay. So I. uh... I think I'm a bit of a like classic immigrant story. Um, I came to UK to do my master's and somehow never, never left. Um, I started my career at J.P. Morgan. I learned a lot there. Uh, really grateful to the graduate program. It was actually very, very decent. Definitely recommend to anyone. Um, I ended up being information architect there, helping to design um, quite a few data platforms. Uh, we were looking at trading surveillance and also related reporting. Um, I think I, I still can have a conversation about dot frank regulation, but maybe <laughs> that level not digital anymore. Um, and then I moved to a consultancy side and got hit by producer. and that was another kind of great opportunity to learn lots of things. I spent uh, eight years there. So um, I was running an office capability and then ended up running the whole London office and looking at for 150 people and with our 50 clients and 80 million p or something. like this like good numbers with lots awesome of zeros. Um, but then um, a few other things happened and it just felt that it's time to do something different. It's time to move on. And I just realized that, well, if not now, then when? Uh, I could obviously go to any other consultancy, but then it was pretty clear, cool. It will be pretty much more of the same, which is kind of wonderful. But um, I really wanted to have an opportunity to do things my way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that felt right. There's only much to come in, Tom, the <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I was going to say, that's your diverse backgrounds... Have been one of the benefits of us kind of coming together, but I also started an investment bank, so but in that bit, quite <laughs> um, uh, so for for me, why do I end up here? Yet, it's similar to saying that, you know, uh, I built I honed uh, a, a, a knowledge base by working for several different businesses in several different roles. So you know, whether that be in an operational role, whether that be in a, a product role. And then, you know, more recently in the commercial role um, uh, at, I said, started off in investment bank, then in uh, financial services technology, and then the last six or seven years in, in consulting. So I think those kind of different experiences, different roles and different sectors of the market um, have meant that between us, we've got a, a real... Kind of jack of all trades, if you like, in terms of in terms of running a consultancy, and I think
0: that's really helped. Yeah, fantastic. And it sounds like you both complement your backgrounds, albeit you know you've Mm. you've obviously had the consultancy background, investment banking, industry sector, um, but sweat coming more from the technical aspect yourself, um, Tom, from you know commercial product ops, etc. That. You'd probably complement each other quite well from, uh, you know, balancing that the skill set. Um, how did you both? You, sweat, I think you said you managed to persuade Tom to. Um, so I think it'd be interesting to talk about that a little bit. How kind of how you both came together and like the early early days of um, forming the Dot Collective. <laughs> okay, yeah,
1: it's a funny story. Um, I always say that we are classic kind of two idiots and a dog startup because we started with nothing, it was like 5k bang. Um we, we worked together before, we worked together with GCS, and I think this was kind of one of the great advantages of our situation because we knew each other really well, uh, we knew we get along very well. Uh, we also, it was quite obvious that we were a very good team together. And yeah, it's a big kind we really kind of our skills that complement each other really well. And between us we cover pretty much everything. Um so yeah, it was just quite obvious to me mm-hmm. that we really should be sticking together and we can actually build something decent out of it. I
2: think yeah, but I some of me because we had worked together at that business in different roles that naturally complemented each other okay. anyway. So you know, if you look at Svet's role there was, you know, very much, you know, running of a business, and mine was much more focusing on generating the sales um, to enable that business to, to run. Yeah, because we've worked together for a good couple of years fairly consistently and kind of fairly intensely like. We kind of already figured out how we work together, how we address issues if there are issues, and, and kind of how we can enable each other to be successful. So, you know, obviously. There's lots of risks when you start a business, but of course, one of them is that you, know, you just don't get along with people and kind of, you know, the, you always hear these stories about owners falling out or, you know, or whatever it may be. But because we've kind of, you know, already been through that loop, if you like, it felt like one of the major risks had already been kind of dealt with. Um, which when we come back to kind of, you know, Svet convincing me that this was the right thing to do, you know, Svet a very modest, um, been you know, to successfully run businesses in, in the past. Um, and for me, you know, I, I'd never owned a business or, you know, really run a business. I've been part of leadership teams and executive teams and so forth, but never been kind of solely responsible for the success of, of, of a business. So I was always looking for kind of reasons why it would be a bad idea to do, a, well, not necessarily a bad idea, but why it would be difficult to do our own thing. Um, and Svetlana was always much more positive in terms of, well, here's all the good things that that you get with it. And I would say that eventually, I ran kind of ran out of excuses as to why it, it wasn't a good idea. Um, and then that day, yeah, it was kind of like, okay, well, you, yeah, you've kind of crossed everything off on my list, so let's let's give it a go. Yeah,
0: fantastic. What would you say? What was your biggest um, fear or fears I'm going to? Because last last let's be honest, last three years have been so turbulent in different ways you know we've had obviously we've had covid we've had energy crisis um you know there's um current state of the economic climate at the minute it's you know i should imagine they all played um a part in those but what yeah was there anything fundamental where you were kind of like i'm just you know because at the end of the day you were both probably carrying out the roles that you are now for another business so you have proven experience
1: mm.
2: sure um, well there's one one simple answer that,
1: yeah.
2: which is money um yeah you know, like like as i said you know start genuinely starting up a business with you know zero in the bank account not wanting to have to rely on investors or borrowing or, or anything else um yeah. you know naturally with any new business, that, that's always kind of the, the number one concern. And then it becomes things like, right, you know, ensuring that we can pay our first employees consistently on, on a month and, you know, making sure that we create an environment for them to succeed and all those things. But but it kind of all starts off really from, you know, being, generating enough revenue ultimately to continue to to, to grow the business. So that, I'm always kind of in the numbers. So that was, I guess, my... Biggest concern was was that you know how how quickly can we how quickly can we prove to ourselves that this is can be successful and and sustainable you know yeah. beyond we get a contract for three months and then kind of yeah you know, nothing nothing happens after that I don't know about but you've probably a bit more
1: next number. <laughs> I'm <focused. up> to <laughs> point. Yeah. Um, well, I really want to flip your question ahead a bit because you mentioned lots of kind of. Factors that kind of can fit, make the world feel very unstable. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was other way around. Like, pandemic really kind of hit me quite hard at the same time. It made me realize, well, actually, you really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And if you want to, um, you have to be truthful to yourself and you really have to fight for your dreams and you cannot really afford delaying them. Because tomorrow might never happen, so you can't as well just go after it now. Uh, so for me, actually, it was kind of the opposite of fear. Somehow, to pandemic, I, I came out to very brave at the concert. I just not believe yeah. it. That was wasted. Yes,
2: persuaded, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know, I'm going to go down a massive rabbit hole here. But there was um, the Darren Brown TV show on on Sunday night, and I don't particularly like Darren Brown, and don't particularly watch a lot of TV. But you know, there was. There was a quote on there which was the thing that apparently most people say in their in their final days is that they wish they lived the life they wanted to rather than the one they thought people wanted them to live. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that kind of, when Spectre Talks, that kind of really resonates in terms of we're doing what we've done in the past but in a way that we want to do it and the way that we kind of want that to be projected for other people as well. Um, and I think that's a massive, yeah, once you get over the kind of number fear... Um, I
1: think that's
0: a, a massive part of it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And I think that brings me quite nicely on to, um, you know, to put in sort of a bit of culture into this um, discussion mm-hmm. now. Like, I'm really keen to um, talk a bit more about how um, the Dot Collective, how you've grown, what you've done, you know, what you feel you've kind of um, done differently around maintaining that company culture through a period of, of growth which um you know is is and can be difficult to sustain and maintain um as well so over to okay. you guys on that one i think um i'm always slightly aware of these questions because it's very easy to give the kind of stock answers that like
2: every consultancy in the country i'm sure has got on their website somewhere yeah. um so if i probably i want to try and kind of Capture the essence of it a, a little bit. and suspect generally talks about it a bit better than me, but two, it was two people in our team's birthday today. Um, so, you know, did you use your thing, presents, cards, and we went out for lunch. And it was kind of never, oh, who do we need to go and speak to to get approval that we can take everyone out for lunch? Or, you know, oh, you know, it's got to be, we're going to share. A slice of Domino's pizza each, because you know it's it kind of like it's like it's your birthday. You're going to go out for lunch. You're going to do something nice, and like kind of, without like batting an eyelid. And 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 I've all you know worked to plenty of organisations before where the kind of experience on someone's birthday. Yeah, you might not think birthday is a big thing, but you know the experience on someone's birthday is very very different for that. Yeah. Um, and I think you know so, so that kind of hopefully sort of captures a little bit what we're what we're about and kind of the way we we go about our. Our, our work, and I think the other thing, actually, it's fits very nicely onto what I just said, um, was around kind of allowing people to be themselves and and kind of be um, who they who they want to be. Like I always said in you know a couple of previous consultancies, I was always a little bit like a, a black sheep that that kind of never really felt at home. Um, and hopefully here, you know, we've got a really diverse bunch of different people from different backgrounds with different uh, kind of outlets on life and and different ways of doing things. You know, if you think, we we tend to get people together, if they're free, for lunch on a Friday. And, you know, I'm saying, I quoted this a couple of months back, but we kind of went through, over the course of 30 minutes, went through um, the the state of politics in the UK, who, um, what was going on in Love Island, who kind of, you know, what someone was wearing when they were going out on the weekend, and it looks like everyone was kind of involved in like that really diverse, slightly odd conversation. Um, and again, I think you know putting like humility and kind of you know all those sorts of things to one side, I think hopefully there are a couple of uh, examples that kind of really capture what it's like to be not collective.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think so that's yeah i mean that that is fantastic and it's it's you know things like that like birthdays um you know can be quite difficult when um as you grow Um, and you move more towards um, a bigger uh, organisation it can be really difficult to, and it's something that we've always done here at Transition Partners as well, and we try and maintain, we've tried to maintain that as we've grown, and I think that would be really interesting to hear more about, is how do you think that could be sustainable longer term, say for example when you are double or triple the size? So, and yeah, Spence
2: has got a lot more experience of this than, than me, but I think we've We've both been at organizations which have grown rapidly um, at different scales, you know whether that be from 30 to 150 or you know 700 to 3,500 yeah. and, and we've kind of seen things that haven't been successful and I think we've've well, certainly done a lot from that in terms of going back to that point that I said you know I'm sure a lot of consultants out there and say, oh, we're going to maintain our values by doing X or Y, right? And everyone says the same thing and some of that works and some of it doesn't. So I think, you know, having been in similar scenarios and seeing what works and what doesn't work has been, been really helpful. I think the other thing that, that supports that is putting a big emphasis on the people that we bring into the business mm-hmm. and the process that we go through to do that. And that doesn't mean having a 17-round interview process, right? It means that the... In our case, actually, at the moment, I mean, pretty much involving everyone within the business in an interview process at, at one stage, um, so that it, it kind of, you know, everyone's engaged and, and it gives people an opportunity to find out about our business, but also, you know, making sure that we capture the kind of, I guess, in old money, the soft skills um, as much as, as anything, because, again, particularly being a consultancy where, you know, it's not an internal facing role. You know, part of any consultant's role is, is you know, stakeholder management and being engaging and maybe looking at a little bit of business development and all those sorts of things. It's such an integral part of the consultancy world that it, it kind of, you know, it's vital that 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 it's there. Um, So so for me, it, it's that, that, I don't know. I would, yeah, exactly. And one
1: thing I would add, I would, I would say that our approach to... Scaling the business while preserving the culture is through environment and trust mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that everyone really kind of is on the same wavelengths and everyone is prepared to do the right thing and doesn't feel like they need to ask permission mm-hmm. and uh to answer your questions what's going to happen like you're yeah, bigger well I just hope okay, it's, it's not us taking kind of people out for lunch I'm sure yeah. you know, someone else will <laughs> and it's going to be cool and it shouldn't should get more complicated than that and I would just hope that we'll manage to kind of find this right balance and, and um, even one way bigger for people to feel as empowered to do the right thing as they can you know.
2: Yeah. yeah no, I mean even even now right at uh, all. 30 40 people. Yeah, um, you know, we've already kind of given other people within the business responsibility around recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I know a lot of other businesses far bigger than that that are still very much, you know, it's these one, two, three people that are responsible for everything that happens within the business and kind of, you know, what they says 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 goes. Mm-hmm. So I think even yeah, look, you know, we're touch wood still quite early on in our kind of growth cycle but I hope already we're starting to kind of make sure that again, we're kind of true to what we set out to do at the beginning and, and we're kind of overtly conscious of not falling into the kind of traditional things that you see in other businesses when they start scaling and, and lose the essence of, of what they are. But also... Not forgetting that that's really hard. I like, it's hard. That's why a lot of businesses fail to do it. Um, so I think all of those things together hopefully um, mean that we're we're setting ourselves up to kind of be as successful as we can in that in that area.
0: Yeah. No, I agree, and I think that's really refreshing um, to hear as well. Like it's it's quite a difficult. You know, I think I think a lot of people in similar situations really struggle to let go of that you know like kind of the control element and you know having to kind of be involved in in everything um at, at that detail and you know and what that gives to your um team and your people is that you're like sweat you said earlier it's it's empowering them and and allowing them to grow and develop um you know and, and giving them that autonomy um which will go much further for you for the business longer term um so that's really fantastic to hear. Um, do you feel, um, we've, we talked about this a little bit um, before, actually, around like the different backgrounds. And so I'm just going to talk a little bit about diversity and inclusion. Um, do you feel that that's had a significant impact on specifically your culture? Um, because you've got a real diverse workforce from what, from previous conversations um, that we've had, um, um, from what I understand. Do you think that's really impacted it?
1: I think so, and I really believe that representation matters. And kind of me being a woman who wasn't even born in the UK, um, running kind of this company together with Tom, I think it really helps people to. Well, I think this sets us apart already, because I, I I work kind of for a company where. Most of the board was born in North Yorkshire, and were men. Uh, and I kind of I was like, well, I really don't see myself at that table, even if out of mercy I'm invited to the table in 10 years time. I'm like, well, this doesn't feel particularly possible. And at the end of the day, I'm going to run my own board anyway. Um, so yeah, I think it helps for sure. And it, it, I think it's a very good example why it's so important and that it kind of starts from top, it starts from leadership, because we do believe in the value. Uh, and we think that more diverse cultures are more thriving kind of and people have that ideas when, when you have this kind of, uh, you know, um, many of people from different backgrounds working together. But also not feeling restrained. It's it's funny, kind of, also kind of, we've heard it like more than one from kind of more than, from more than one person mm-hmm. here. Like with some people who worked kind of together before, but actually they kind of, I don't know, stand somewhere, and people kind of just more relaxed. And I was digging into that, like what it is about and like, well, and a few people told me like for the first time in my life, I feel like I don't stick out. I'm like, I'm who I am and it's cool and everything is all right, but you're not always kind of on the lookout. It's, it's funny, but I can relate to that in a way, especially kind of in the end kind of uh, I, I sat on this kind of endless kind of technical steering committees and boards, and, and like, I would also be done like, it's on person's accent. Like, okay, I mean, it wasn't bad for Korea, everyone remembered me, but at the same time, it also gets tiring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, um,
2: again, like, trying to think about well, what does that actually mean, right? Like, I'm sure if you asked any of the big four accounts them they'd say that you know a fully diverse organization and you know culturally diverse and all these all these sorts of things but but kind of what does it what does it really mean for us so at our christmas um around christmas we had about twenty twenty one people in the business um and we had twelve different nationalities across those those twenty people Wow. Um, as well as being about a 60-40 male-female male, split, um, which, you know, I think is a huge achievement in, in itself. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a massive, along with Svetlana, kind of dele- believer in diversity drives success. And, you know, I think it's Matthew Said's book, Rebel Ideas, right, which is this really interesting take on how, yeah, yeah, people from different backgrounds and different walks of life, you know, actually come together in a more kind of powerful, powerful sense. And I think it's a first point around people being comfortable and, like, being open and, and all those sorts of things. So I think there's one really good example of this. So we work with um uh, we partner with an organisation called Salespace, which is a, a mental health um, support organisation. Um, and we did a workshop Uh, with them, I think it was just after Christmas, actually, Um, and uh, kind of everyone was, you know, chatting about their own experiences, and then someone just literally stood up in the office and was like, I've got a failure of buttons, and, like, it sounds like a really, like, really strange thing, but, like, the fact that someone who would never, like, has worked with a lot of these people before, and kind of known people for years, kind of stood up and just said, do you know what, I've got a failure of buttons, was... yeah, it, it was just it. It was incredible, and, and kind of yeah. And it, it sounds again, it sounds like a slightly tongue-in-cheek, like silly thing, but actually, I think that gets a, a really good kind of uh, kind of idea of the what we're trying to create, right? And and kind of how com- comfortable people feel within that, not just to kind of say things, but to kind of be themselves
0: that's it and it's it's yeah exactly it's it's creating that environment and that platform for people to be comfortable um where they can like you said be themselves be the best version of themselves and um you know i'm sure in a that person in a different business in a less diverse team probably wouldn't have felt comfortable and confident standing up and and you know making that statement um So that's amazing. Actually, I was going to ask about your employee um, and people, like, well-being. So it'd be interesting to um, learn more about how at the Dot Collective you support your employees from um, a health and well-being point of view. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, um, well, again, we both opening with each other always kind of shared, you know, our kind of not struggles, but kind of our emotions and kind of, you know, we we're, we're both have been through, I guess, periods where we've needed, you know, um, mental health support, you know, therapy and, and all those sorts of things. So, so, And I'm like a massive advocate of it, um, but for many reasons. And then kind of, again, you know, when we set up on that, with the dog Collective, it's kind of, you know, people are going to know me, they kind of need to know, all of me, if you like, and, you know, we shouldn't be ashamed of, you know, certain things. So, so I've kind of worked worked with that, and we've always been wanting to create an environment where we could support people, as I said, A, to be themselves, Mm -hmm. but also where they're looked after, for for want of a better phrase. Um, And, you know, I, I again, I've got a bit of a famous saying, right, which for me, Looking after an employee isn't giving them, or a member of the team, isn't giving them a five-pound cafe neuro voucher every month. You know, it's much more, um, much more than that. Um, and it's about giving people the things when they need it. And yes, of course, you know, providing mental health support and you know, 24/7 access to GPs is is kind of one thing. But also, you know, there's other things that you know, spare it's is a huge of, of such as, you know, extended paternity leave and unlimited holidays and, you know, a flexible working and, and all those sorts of things, which are almost, uh, it's more like not something we're doing, but kind of like not something there's something we're not doing, like the fact that, you know, you don't have to get approval if you want to go on holiday and it's like, if I need some time off, I need some time off, and the fact that if someone's having not a great day and they turn around and go, do you know what, I've counted a couple of minutes i had this afternoon I'm not having a great day I just need to go and walk around the city or you know go and sit in the churchyard next door you know whatever it is that people kind of feel that they've got the empowerment to, mm-hmm. to do that I think is a, is a huge thing um, I'm sure there's some yeah. stuff that you would add to that I
1: 100% agree uh, I think for I think having experience of like of a burn down and proper depression kind of really teaches you how actually um Kind of seeing these lines that separates you from kind of falling into some dark hole and how sometimes it is much closer than you think it is and i think it makes you humble and it also kind of makes you kind of really care for people kind are of next to you and so for us i think from from process design point of view right from organization design point of view what I wanted to achieve is to um, make sure that, as Tom said, like a mental health support holders, that they are seen as kind of, it's a commodity that should be very easily available. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be any kind of request, approval process, like it's here, like take it, take as much as you need, look after yourself, you know yourself more than kind of anyone, but you want to make sure that all those things are there for you and just kind of is in handcraft. And I'm a big believer that if you uh, hire adults, like they're not hiring children, um, you should be treating them like adults. And uh, I do believe that kind of most adult people are more than capable of managing kind of, their diaries and kind of, you know, in the holidays, I'm like, never know when's they gonna go, but uh, yeah, I think there was kind of just um, some kind of classic organizational processes that many organizations have. For some reason, I think I'm quite a rebel at heart, it's always annoying. Uh, so I'm like, well, if I run my own company, I'll, I'll never do it that way because it's just annoying and not useful. And why would we do it to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he thinks we different, mm-hmm. and to be honest, like there is no difference in the end result uh, like some numbers are the same but yeah. Yeah. I guess the way how it feels and also kind of uh, you minimise all the hustle which, which doesn't add any value mm. this is a very positive thing in the
2: <laughs> yeah I think the one last thing that I would add on that is um, you know we when we started the business you know we've got quite a close-knit although growing kind of leadership team and and one of the things that we we always challenge them with is you know keep it i think this phrase keeping us honest um but like they will in our leadership meetings if we say oh we're thinking about doing this or doing that they'll be like no like that that just doesn't doesn't <laughs> align with kind of what what we set out to do two years ago or like you haven't really thought about what that's gonna and so having that again you know First of all, it's probably for me having Svetlana and, you know, hopefully the other way around, which is when we, when, even when we think about ideas, it's kind of gone through a first filter, you like, um, but then, you know, then having an interesting team that we should go to and say, do you, what do you think about this? And then knowing that we value that opinion and it's not a, we're going to argue your opinion, but we don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually right. We want to know this, and, and we kind of you know want to get a bit of a gauge of, of what this is, or what, how about this, and, and so having that, I think, is well, as a massive, massive uh, thing that we are, on. we will never kind of come up with these ideas, suggestions, processes, whatever it might be, um, that kind of doesn't reflect what we want to, the experience that we want to provide for everyone as part of the the
1: business.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It sounds like you're, you know, that you're both, you kind of your true authentic selves um, as well, um, which is amazing. And if that's obviously coming across um, to your people and you're involving them, you're including them in those decisions, it's not a case of, you know, you're getting around that board table and, and, and you're coming up with these ideas and saying, this is what we're doing, we're actually doing this, you're, um, you know giving them the opportunity to help shape and mold and, and um, you know add value to the growth of the business which is absolutely amazing and it's what I think where a lot of leadership teams fall down and um, I've been guilty of that in in the past myself um which is fantastic and actually um it'd be good to talk actually around you both um Obviously been in relatively senior leadership positions in the past for some you know sizable um businesses and, and teams what what's what one from and this is a question for both of you um what yes. one lesson leadership lesson has been like your most important learning over your entire career and it can be something from way back to more recent um
2: the
1: first,
2: the first. Do the first time <laughs> so I think my um goes quite a way back actually to when so I moved from investment banking into working for a large US software business and I'd kind of come in I think I was like 26 27 at the time come in and kind of quite quickly gone up the, the echelons and ended up with a fairly sizable team of like 30 40 people, all of whom. Was significant. Well, maybe they won't appreciate that. Who were older than me? I won't say significantly older. Who were who were older than me? Um, <laughs> and uh, and kind of, I just went about engaging them and kind of setting off in completely wrong way. Which is, you know, I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it and what we're going to do, and kind of you're going to listen and then and then do it. Which which sounds awful. Um, but, but that's because you know up until that point, my only experience had been like. Captain in sports teams, or you know, doing yeah you know, stuff like that, where it or, or people around people us sort of same age. So you know, and unsurprisingly, coming in as kind of this probably come across as this slightly arrogant, you know, young person who thinks he you knows how the world operates and is going to tell us that we've been doing our job wrong for you know 10, 15 years didn't go particularly well. Um. So um. And, and kind of understanding, you know, also I guess that start understanding that there's much kind of emotional intelligence as there around those sorts of things as there is about being, you know, good at executing your your job. So I'd say that was my reasonably painful and kind of, you know, first real lesson around around leadership.
0: Been there and done that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: about you, Smith? Real personal stories. I would say there's a lesson um so that I'm still learning. Um, it is acknowledging that actually it's my responsibility to look after myself, if it makes sense. It's better for business and everyone around me if I'm like full of joy and inspiration and happy and, and you know, drive forward um, as opposed to being like stressed and tired and exhausted. Yes. Um And... I genuinely, I'm genuinely kind of. I always work hard, but sometimes I guess I tend to overcommit. So I'm just trying to uh, be better about it and and think about kind of long term versus short term sometimes.
2: Yeah. And I think, again, I think there's, and I've heard a few interesting things about this recently. You know, about if you go onto Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever, and you know, you've got these people who are. Uh, 21 and multi and, you know, spend your day sitting on a beach because they've run a successful business and probably, yeah, like, certainly from my <laughs> experience, like, running a business and being successful is hard work, like, you've got to put in, you've got to put in a shift, um, and, uh, and yeah, so I think, you know, acknowledging that and kind of, as Fett said, you know, also being aware that, much like your kind of family, I guess, you know, that you're persona and how you're carrying yourself will affect the people around you, you know, for better or for for worse. Um, Yeah, I think it's, and again, it's something that we kind of keep, try to keep each other honest about, which is one, we can both tell each other when we're in not a great mood and probably best that we, you know, don't send that email or, you know, don't don't go, whatever it is, you know, and kind of we can be open and honest about that, which again, I think is, is massively yeah, he, yeah, you know, massive, certainly massively helpful for me. you know, when Svec goes, what the are you talking about, like, <laughs> going, you know, go home or, you know, whatever it is. I think that, again, to, sort of, talking about being co-founders and things like that, I think having someone at, you know, that you trust and who you know, opinion, is generally always right, um, yeah. means that you can kind of rely on that a little bit as well.
0: No, I, yeah, absolutely agree on that one. And I think it's really important that you both have obviously clearly got a really good connection together as a team. Um, you know, and I think if you're confident that you're both on that same, you're on the same page and you've got the same goal. Um, I think it's yeah really important And to recognise that if you're not your head, you're not with it, you're not in a good place. Yeah. You are better off out of that business. Go for a walk or whatever, and but it's hard. It's really hard recognizing when you're that way out. Um, that's something that I've really struggled with as well, and and I think a lot of people um, do. So it's I'm glad that that's come up because we, you know, it's good to share that people aren't alone. And and I think what I'd like to actually end on, um, and t- and talk about, which I think again is so, so so much more common these days. But again, people, you know, aren't always in environments like you guys have created where they can openly talk about this is imposter syndrome um you know what what that's something that I struggled with I know you know pretty much most because I've had on this podcast and and you know a lot of my network have struggled with but it's not I don't think it's I think I think still a lot of organizations don't quite embrace um how to you know create a more inclusive open workspace where that can be kind of ta- tackled um head on what what are your thoughts what are both of your thoughts on on that and how do you think you've created a, a culture where imposter syndrome can be tackled a little bit more head on do you think
1: i think the answer to
0: that
1: is an open culture right uh, it's 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 about being authentic and honest mm. uh, and, and sharing your experiences. And 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 I think, like, and again, like this is what, like representation matters, right? Like, for example, I've always been, okay, I've been through depression, I know what it is and shit. Um, but then I hope it meant that other people don't feel bad if they're going through that because it just happens to you. And then you kind of, you go through that and then life is good again. Um, I think it's very much about it's a cliche, right? Kind of bringing all of yourself <laughs> to work. But but for me I think it's the best way to kind of combat it is just creating kind of healthy culture and open environment and being humble and open and human and, and actually kinda of wanna ask uh, we, we have we have we have an amazing actually colleague that uh, name is Nevis She writes so around like an community. That's just phenomenal. And there is one thing that she does incredibly well. Whenever she talks to someone, she's like, "How are you?" And she asks this. She asks this question so sincere, and she really, she really wants to know how you are. I mean, not like kind of just like, "Not tell me how are you doing." Yeah. I want to know. And just saying things like that helps a lot.
2: And I think just to just to echo that, I think there's there's kind of two points that I would add, which is, you know. We've never done the things that we're doing in this exact scenario. Um, and I think, you know, we've, we've always been open about that with, with everyone else in the business. And therefore there's a trust that it will come to the right outcome rather than we know the right answer, if, if that makes sense. So I think there's... And that, and that kind of then filters down through for every level of the organisation and, and kind of back to the, the kind of co-found thing you know, oh, quite frequently, generally, I've just spent two days doing spreadsheets and cash flow forecasts, and mm-hmm. but I've always felt like I genuinely don't know what value I'm adding to this business. I've <laughs> spent <laughs> two days in a spreadsheet. Um, but the fact that we're kind of open about that with, with each other, again, I I hope kind of that fosters um, a little bit of kind of you know, acceptance that that exists, firstly, but also that other people are kind of aren't, aren't kind of scared to, to kind of talk about that as, as well. And also, hopefully, kind of creates a culture where if someone's feeling like that, yeah. their immediate response isn't to get defensive and close up and kind of get aggy with everyone else, um, but kind of, you know, be. be be a bit more, and I'm not, again, this isn't, you know, I'm not expecting everyone to come in every morning and spend five minutes giving us, you know, a a kind of mental, emotional and spiritual update on kind of how they're feeling on that, it's not like that, Um, you know, with their healing, so no. But, you know, just just a a little bit, hopefully for an environment where people can be kind of aware of these things and and kind of, you know, comfortable that they can share stuff if, if...
0: See. Oh fantastic. But, you know, it sounds like you've got such a thriving business, and um, great unique culture. Um and um, I've really, really enjoyed I've really enjoyed this discussion. Um I, I found it really interesting. Um if any of our listeners and viewers are interested in reaching out to you, um, you know, may have questions or just may want to um, reach out to you, um, share, exchange knowledge, experiences, etc, right. what's the best way for them to reach you?
2: So LinkedIn, our website, email, all of those things uh, are good, you know, hopefully they came across that we're kind of a little bit passionate about this, um, and, and, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're kind of, you know, whoever's prepared to listen to us in the nicest sense, you know, I'm always, always happy to talk about this stuff, and, and, you know, for, for us. This isn't about, you know, anything mind-blown. It's just about doing what we think is the is right thing. And, you know, if that is successful along the way and, you know, we can help some people develop and, and build their careers, then, you know, all, all better for it.
0: Yeah, fantastic. No, brilliant. Well, I've certainly been inspired, inspired um, certainly. Um, so I'm sure our listeners um, and viewers will also. So thank you very much, both of you. Um, for your time today, thanks for sharing all your valuable um, experiences and and you know and what what makes you guys stand out from the rest. Really, I've been uh, really impressed, and I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for an
1: interesting conversation.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for listening to our latest Let's Talk Leadership: The Culture Edit Reloaded podcast. If you are a leader interested in being on the hot seat, contact me via LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Take care and see you all soon.